Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with the wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, our leader, uh, Bill Cox, is out this week. I'll be filling in for him. I'm Steve Titch, uh, policy writer and sometime poker player. With me are two great guys, two of our regulars, uh, Robert Koshu and Mike Cropper. And today we are beginning a new series. Uh, and again, still in the Connect 360, these excellent series that come out of uh, Baptist Way Press. But this is, this is one I've been looking forward to. For the next 13 weeks, we're going to be looking at uh, Paul's two letters to the Corinthians. So much material in here. Um, the, the title of the study is Corrections and Counsel, which is pretty much describes what uh, the two Corinthians are all about. Uh, I'm, uh, we're going to kick things off right away here. I'm going to go to Robert and, and to give us some, some more background on uh, Corinthians and, and maybe a little bit of what we can expect before we get into the, the specific study for this week. All right. Well, first of all, it's great to be back after going and doing my regular job as an instructional designer for a while. I've taken on a new role, so I'm going to be the VP of Professional Development for the Houston ATD chapter next year. So I have been kind of getting all that settled. Mm -hmm. So I'm all settled now, thank God. Mm -hmm. So I am back in. Um, this is going to be, as you said, Steve, thank you. It is going to be a great study. Um, this is one of those deals where we're going to look at two letters to the church that really set up where we are in today's world. Corinthians was known as the worldly city of that area, of that era. It had anything and everything and kind of the history of the church so Paul did what he normally did and he went to the synagogue he preached a little bit there and a couple of the synagogue believers believed and came with Paul and they kept persecuting him so he said forget it you know he took Jesus's dust your feet off very literally he went and preached to the Gentiles and converted them so the Gentiles come into the church and they bring their Roman Greek worldview with them. And so then there becomes all these disputes about what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it not mean to be a Christian? And you kind of joked about two letters to the Corinthians because <laughs> person two. There's actually a third one that was probably written before the letter we currently have now as First Corinthians where he started off addressing some of these issues and evidently they kept going to the point that he has had to leave two more. He stayed there for about a year and a half. He left on. Uh, most scholars tend to think 1 Corinthians was written in Ephesus during his third missionary journey. So he kind of set up and went to go. And 1 Corinthians in particular, where we're starting, it, it is kind of an outline of questions, problems, solutions. And that's from the author and of the study. And he actually, you know, it, he, they pose a bunch of questions. They list a bunch of problems. And then Paul goes and gives a bunch of solutions to it. So it really fits into our counsel and corrections. You know, and it fits into our lives today because where do we go for counsel? 
and where do we go get to get corrected? And we always have a way to do that. And you know, I'm going to jump to a different scripture completely. Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen to kind of think about it in this light as we start looking through this. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I think that's an approach we can take as we look through these lessons and start thinking through everything as we look at it. That's one reason why I'm kind of like, yeah, this is going to be kind of exciting. Mike, what do you think? I think I think Robert hit the nail on the head that last scripture he read from First Timothy is the basis of our faith. And that's simply we believe that that the Word of God is the infallible Word of God and, and that it's anointed from the Holy Spirit that was delivered to us through God's direction in His hand. And I'm looking forward uh, so much to this. The, the, the first chapter we're here that we are talking about is, is the cross is a wisdom or foolishness. Well, folks, if you've been a Christian at any length of time or if you're looking to be a Christian, you have to divorce logic man's logic let me say that real clearly because god's logic and god's brilliance is so far above our heads that we do not understand it and and in fact the scripture says that the foolishness of god is much more brilliant than the the wisest man that's out there uh, so anyway yes steve i look forward to, to, to sharing with it sharing with you tonight about this uh, particular well, passage we're going to read it, it, it kicks off in a very interesting way to 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 expand more on what what Robert was saying, Corinth, I've been trying to think of parallels, and, and some people say Vegas, but to me, Corinth, the best analogy I could come up is with is what probably New Orleans was like at around... That is probably a great analogy. Around in the, the turn of the 20th, 19th and 20th century. Um, this, is, this is a port city, a very raunchy port city, and... Yes. Um, it was it was also incredibly cosmopolitan. You get you got everybody coming in. Uh, you had free slaves. It was you had Turk. You had people from Turkey. It was now Turkey. You had of course the Greeks. You had Romans. It was almost a crossroads, both land and sea. Uh, it, it had been destroyed, and when Julius Caesar rebuilt mm -hmm. it, he he shipped in freed slaves mm -hmm. and Roman soldiers to rebuild it. <laughs> yeah. So and <laughs> so and and there was a lot, and and because of that, it was. It was wealthy. It was there was a lot of trade. There was a lot of prosperity. The Corinth Church really has a lot of problems our modern day church had, especially where modern day you know what was it but culture of the time intersected, and what was you know what was acceptable and what wasn't, and the way the letter First Corinthians kicks off there. Of course, there's a, a salutation and 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 opening invocation by Paul. But before he gets into what we're going to talk today, he talks about divisions. And so, folks, if you think the church is divided now, this stuff goes back to uh, AD 55, <laughs> about when this, when this letter was written. There were already uh, people in the Corinth church who said, well, well, Paul's my guy. And another was saying, well, this Fellow Apollos is my guy. I, I follow Peter, Cephas from from uh, uh, from the Apostle Peter, and first, so so uh, Paul has to deal with this at the outset, as to you know this is all about Christ, not about who's following who, even even himself, and finally also. Um, it, 
Corinth and, 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 and all of Greece at the time thought, you know, they were the intellectual capital. So you were expected to hold your own and, you know, make your assertion about why you believe in what you believe. And again today, we hear, how can you believe in Jesus? How can you believe in something so silly? Well, <laughs> Paul cuts right to the chase at the beginning of this letter about, and, and, and certainly the, the, the Corinthian church at the time was, was hearing the same thing. And so he'll talk about wisdom and folly of the cross. Mike, would you like to read the section? The selection sure. we're looking at is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. Okay. Uh, verse 18, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. So, where is the wise man? Where is a scribe? Where is the debater, debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who would believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and the Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To Jews this is a stumble block and to the Gentiles this is foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the, the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now, consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh. There were not many mighty. There were not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And he has chosen the base things of the world, and the de despised God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, let him boast to the Lord. Thank you. Oh, you, you know, from beginning of time, I, I think it's, it's uncanny, but it's built into each of us. We desire to have somebody that is a champion. We desire to have somebody that's a hero. In every movie, in every TV show you see today, folks, we desire that there is somebody that's going to do the right thing and save those who are being harmed, hurt, weakened, attacked, uh, war movies, everything. We want a hero, and that really is a savior. And so it's, it's just God-given, built into us. Every movie we want to go see, we want to see good come out in the end. And uh, the, the thing that is so confounding about this is that the way God does this is through the cross of Jesus Christ, not because he comes with an army and attacks and destroys. He does the exact opposite of what uh, 
we would desire in our hearts. And I think that's one of the things that confounded the Jewish people so, so great because they wanted a sign from God. In other words, a sign that he was the Messiah and that he was the king and that he would deliver them from whatever uh, enemies they had that were, that were uh, uh, harassing them. And, and, and well, I, 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 think it's, I think it's interesting the way he puts it because he, he puts it that the cross is a stumbling block, block to the Jews mm-hmm. and it's foolishness to the Gentiles. Yes. And to the Jews, it's a stumbling block because the Jews literally pictured the Messiah coming in on the big white horse with the sword in his hand and throwing the Romans out, rebuilding the temple, establishing right. the sacrifices, right. you know, in, in the vein of David. Right. And and so... Maybe even conquering the rest of the world. Oh, at, yeah, right. absolutely. At, at a minimum, he got everything back David and Solomon had. At a minimum. Yes. And I, I think... The fact that Christ came as a different kind of leader, that to them they can't get past that, and to the Gentile, and to the Gentiles, it's a foolishness, because their worldview, and you have to think about the Gentile worldview. Then, either you were atheist or agnostic, and agnostic in the sense that yeah, there's something out there, kind of, but I don't know, or you were a polytheist where you had belief in Zeus and okay I got to go make Zeus happy because he's the king of the gods and and then I got to go make Mercury happy because he's delivering the messages I think you had and your then, household gods too. pardon me you had your household household gods god too. and then in Corinth you you had the bonus because yep. you got Aphrodite. Yes. I, 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 Corinth was, was okay. Aphrodite's Throwing that out there kind of loosely as a bonus, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely thought it was a bonus. Yeah. You know, yeah. most, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do you reconcile all of that mm-hmm. with a Christian worldview? Russell Moore in his book, um, I'm totally blanking on the name. It's, we read it last year, but it talks about culture and intersection. And he said one of the things that made the Christians stand out was their sexual mores were way different than everybody else's at that time. And so you start to see these conversations now as you're you're in there because Corinth was probably one of the first Gentile churches. You know, there were Gentiles that were part of the church prior to Corinth, but they were still synagogues that the Gentiles joined and they kind of formed their own little group off the side. I think Corinth, if I remember my history correctly, ended up being one of the very first Gentile churches where basically they were making the clean break from the synagogue and moving forward was setting their own thing up and, you know, because the, the Jews so rejected Paul. The Jews of Corinth just so rejected Paul that he felt like he had to go. And I found it interesting... And you read it there at the start of verse 19. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. That's actually a quote from Isaiah 29, 14. Right. And the entire verse reads, Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. You know, and, and I think the first part of it is even more remarkable because he's saying, hey, I'm going to do a remarkable work again in the world. I'm going to launch out and do a remarkable work in the world. 
And so this is setting up the point where, as you said, Mike, the cross divides us. Yes. You know, there's there's two kinds of people after the cross. There are definitely just two options and two options only. You either believe or you don't believe. Yeah, I noticed a couple words real quick that, that really jump out at me and, and you pass them up. In verse 18, he says, the word of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, those who are dying, but to those of us who are being saved, it is a continual act, folks. Mm-hmm. We haven't made that clear to you. Every day we're together. I learned something from Steve, Robert, because we want to learn. It's in our heart to learn. It's in our heart to grow. It's in our heart to continue well, along. It, it continue goes on. back to where we, what we talk mm-hmm. about all the time about needing to exercise your faith muscle mm-hmm. and yes. exercising spiritual discipline and yes. moving forward and finding a way to really lock in and move forward with that. And I think that's one of the things as we look mm-hmm. at that we tend to think about, yeah. that it really forces us to really continue working it out. Lenny Bruce, the comedian, um, had a routine uh, where, and, and he meant, he, he ended up obviously meant it in irony. Uh, people, I'm sure Christians wear, wear, wear maybe a necklace with a cross around there. Uh, and Bruce would, in one of his routines, would say, well, man, that's, that's like you know, walking down the street with a necklace with an electric chair on it. And to a certain extent, though, he is absolutely right. And Paul is rolling with it right here. He's saying we preach Christ crucified. We, we preach a, a, a God who was nailed to a cross, who was, who was cursed under what would be Judaic law, yes. uh, who was hung on a tree. Well, uh, he was that's he a, a blasphemer. He was declared a blasphemer by the high, high priest. priest. <laughs> that's, but that's, that's exactly that's exactly what what that what that folly is. You you believe in a God who came down and was crucified. You believe and and that's in 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 that's one of the reasons that ultimately I am a Christian is because no one could have thought this up. No human could have thought this up. <laughs> you, you had, like you, you had, you it's had the exact opposite of what we would believe. Um, the the gods of the these this time, whether they were truly believed in or not, were their version, our version, superheroes. You know, they were they were great right. stories. They were well, the that, Avengers. That's a, that's they a were the really X-Men. Good analogy. That's right. They were that's the right. X-Men. They, you know, they that's had right. good ones that's and right. bad guys, and they were always in bad. And 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 there was always the, the the ancient Greeks gave them cosmic importance, but at the end of the day, they really didn't meet the spiritual needs of the people. No. Uh, so here you have again this this complete inversion of what a god is. Yeah. And. Um, and yes, yes, you're not going to win. And Paul is saying you're not going to win an argument down in the marketplace about this. No, you're, you, the the whole idea isn't about you know logically what's happening. It's your transformation is what this what what the the great mystery and what happens to you when you embrace this this gift. The uh, the world, our standards today. Mm-hmm. What do we hold dear, and what do we hold? as important, other than Christians. What? Wealth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Power, uh, education, as high as you want to go with it. We set those all standards on high, but folks, when you come to Christ, you have to give them all up. 
Right. You have to debase yourself. It's a, it's a different standard. Different standard. It, it is most definitely a different standard than the world views as mm -hmm. a standard. Yes. Because the world's view, as you mm -hmm. said, Mike, it, it's all about the money, yes. the power. Mm -hmm. And and for guys sometimes, and I'll, I'll throw, go ahead and throw the guy spin on it, yeah. it's all about the money, the power, and the toys. Because <laughs> <laughs> we like our toys. You know, we're guys, right. and, and we like our toys. That's right. Be they of the female persuasion, or, or you know, we got to have the good motorcycle with the hot car and the, yeah. you know, I, I joke my middle aged crazy is a is a Jeep Wrangler fully tricked out, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah. we yeah. as guys, we like our toys. Or you know, Pastor Taylor often talks about our technology. Yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the tech geek too. So <laughs> yes. yeah, you know, but having our toys as well as having you know, the other pieces yeah. there, I think is part of what people look at, you know, it's, it's how do we keep, it's how we keep score. And what yeah. we don't realize mm -hmm. is, is God keeps score in a total different, different way. Boy, you're mm -hmm. um, We're going to take a break right now and we'll back, we'll be back in a moment. This is Man Up. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And we're back here. Uh, we are studying 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 18 through 31, uh, the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, uh, a study of, uh, of the basics of the faith here and, and the wisdom and the power of God. Uh, we're talking really about the nature of the cross and redemption and God's view of that the paradox is that weakness is strength, strength is weakness. Well, and, and I, I think maybe we spent a little time talking about this. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about, he, he talks about, so churches developing a reputation based mm -hmm. on their congregation a little bit. <laughs> and, and first of all, let me just throw out a man up shout out. I'm going to need some help. Somebody has a bulletin that would really help, but I am totally, I went looking for one. Mm -hmm. I am totally blanking, so if you remember, want to give a man up welcome to Clint, and I cannot remember his last name, but he is the new worship and arts pastor coming to Sugarland Baptist Church, our home church, here in January is what I've heard. So we're yes. going to be welcoming him to our congregation, and that's going to get us totally staffed up. I went looking, Steve. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, and I just, under, I'm like, under, oh my gosh, face. I totally went blank on his last name. But we want to welcome him and his family to our church. So give him a real quick welcome there. But, 
you know, and, and it's funny because the, the book reads out, he says, you know, Churchill's will develop a reputation based on the composition of their membership. And he said the professionals church, you know, the cowboy, the cowboy church, church, which yeah. that's a real yeah. thing. That is, oh, yeah, I've it. seen them. And I've been to one. It's a, they're a blast. What happens in a cowboy church? Uh, they actually, so very Western. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, hymns, so think Southern Gospel <laughs> hymns and stuff yeah. with fiddle and the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, they'll have a rodeo <laughs> as a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, emphasize every Sunday morning. That, kind of that part of the rodeo, <laughs> yeah, or, or, or as part of their fellowship time, they no may kidding. have a rodeo. Oh, yeah, I see. I Western see. dress. It's mm-hmm. kind of a Western themed situation, um, kind of like biker churches. There are mm-hmm. biker churches that are the same thing. Oh, this is scary. Um, <laughs> And then they have, the, 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 and he talks about the multi-ethnic church, the mega church, and then and then this is one, and I think this is going to be an interesting and intriguing world. He says the millennials church, yeah. And I'm so, and, and we kind of talk about this because we're a bunch of old farts. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Who who have millennial kids, most of us. How do the, how is the church going to address the millennials? And and I think, I I think 1 Corinthians is going to give us a lot of insight into this because their worldview is the same as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw it over because our director I, yes, just walked in. in. Bill Cox is here. <laughs> yes. no, I'm going to, I'm going to seize, the, seize the gavel to, uh, <laughs> to our fearless leader, Bill Cox. Well, you know, that's the real true open-door policy. When the host can come in. And I'm sure there's guys out there that are listening. And you maybe listened to a couple of them before. And you come in and you have no idea where they're at. Well, you're not alone, because I, me either, and like I talked with Mike when I set the, brought the recorder in, into our studio, and uh, I had this meeting, which is good and bad. I'm glad I'm here. I'm out of the meeting early. But the bad part is, why did you call it if it was going to be that short? Oh man! <laughs> I'm in this Wait, conundrum, and I should be happy or I mad. Have, uh, I could have done it on the phone. I know exactly. I mean, <laughs> amazing. Just, just man stuff that I know that everybody out there can identify with, and maybe one or two of you guys here can I, too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna try to answer your question, Robert. With, okay. With, and and I think this is gonna carry on through the, maybe the entire study, certainly the first part of it. I think the millennials are gonna make this church their own. I think our generation is moving on. And that's, and that's the way it's always been. I, I, you know, I'm jumping ahead and I've been you know, preparing because I've got some studies to prepare for, but I, I'm just gonna go back and say, when musical instruments were introduced <laughs> to services, people thought that was terrible. <laughs> this is way back when. Right. When, when Bach, we, Bach, who we, we associate today with great choral music, great sacred Agreed. music, there were people who thought this had no place right. in this type of music, this type of, you know, the, where, he, where he introduced the modern scale and, the, and you know, we went beyond Gregorian chant. So, just like today, I mean, we have arguments over uh, contemporary services uh, and such. Um, this, th- 
uh, our our generation is going to cede the church to the millennials. Now, the, the church has survived 2,000 years, 2,000 well, plus years. We're going to... You, you make a good point. Well, some and it's of our continual people, survive. You make a good point. I've visited some churches that are very young-oriented, and the lighting and the sound and everything they do with the young people playing, I come out of there and I hear other people. I, Mike has never said it. <laughs> other people said, boy, that's a stumbling block to my family. <laughs> And I'm going to say this, that, that when we started discussing a while back mm-hmm. about having a, going to a two-service scenario mm-hmm. where we were going to have a, in quotes, contemporary service and a regular traditional service like we have now, um, there were people that were just, oh my God, why are we doing this? We can't compromise, blah, blah, blah. And, and my answer to them was, A, does it really matter? <laughs> B, coming from the guy who worked with youth forever and ever and yes, ever and true. ever, we set this up. I would go to kids at youth camp when we were doing student oh, life sure camp, are. and I would get there. And it would be the lights and the event and the big Absolutely. speaker and the guy that grabbed a boom box at one point. And he said, and, and he was telling a story and he grabbed the boom box and he threw it off the stage on the ground and shattered it into a million pieces. <laughs> and then they come here and the organ plays and our pre- preacher gets up and preaches a normal message standing at the pulpit. How did they relate between the two? Well, I, I, can, I can tell you exactly why. Right. Because... Because this ministry right here, this podcast, this is intimately talking about faith right. with people. And then when we're in corporate worship, that takes all different flavors. Some people yes. like the traditional, mm-hmm. some like the uh, something like the contemporary. contemporary. But yeah. particularly in the Baptist faith, and in the vast majority of Protestants, there's moments of quiet time and small group where there's other avenues for growth. And I think people that are truly finding their way on this journey of faith, it's a mix of all of it. I obviously like small group stuff. And I like men only because we can talk about stuff I can't talk about at other places. I like a nice loud worship service. That's why I work on the tech team. I, I like that. I like providing it. But that's not my religious moment. My spiritual religious moment is what happens like right here with my contemporaries. Stuff that I can use that deepens my faith. And I'm hoping that, that the next generation, I know with my son is anyway though, he does. He gets it. And I think yours does too. And, and well, and at least one of yours do too, Robert. And and we just have to trust it. I can't stop it. I am gonna die. I, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, I think when that time comes, I won't be re- I won't be re- ready to fight it. I'll, and I'll say throw the keys to the house and the car to Andrew. Here you go. Well, what's important is whether or not they seek the Lord. And like we said, grow in the Lord, right? If, if it means a contemporary service and they grow right. and they want to learn about the Lord, I'm all for it. Because 
I can find from the Lord. I've always told my children, I says, I, I don't care where you go to church as long as you serve the Lord and you want to serve the Lord. With this church now, and, the, and, and we learned a lot of scripture from the Baptist church, which we are known for providing scripture and teaching from scripture. But the point is, whatever it takes your children to grow in the Lord, you want to encourage it. Well, I, I right. can tell you this, and this is one of the differences that we have, like in this group. Me, I've always went to church. There's times when I didn't go, and the basic thing was, I missed it. Yeah. I missed yeah. going. You know that weekly feeding. I go for a couple of weeks, and I'm. I You're just felt. Kilter. I felt different. You're off kilter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Other people have these huge deals that happen to them this change this eureka moment I mean, that's good too and I, I think everybody and I, and I like the fact that we're going to have differences but I agree and, um, and I think you said one of the keys to this I really do I think the key is and Mike kind of alluded to it is developing the relationship with Christ and it's that one-on-one, -on -one right. intimate relationship. And I, I'm going to steal something from University of Houston President Dr. Renu Qatar. Dr. Qatar catches a lot of grief from people with academic credentials at University of Houston right. because she spends tons of money on her football program. And she says, that's the front porch of the school. That's what everybody sees. Right. The right. worship service, as you said, if it's the worship service, then brings, it's the worth it worship service brings them in that they then, have a word bingo absolutely to get them Robert. to and if that's if they come to a worship service and they I can't worship here and they leave so they don't form that in an intimate relationship then we need to do then we need to change something to provide something to bring them in to where then that's why do we do a fall fun fall fun fest Right. That we oh, called it this year? <laughs> you know, God uses foolish things. I yes. was a girl that got me. <laughs> it was a girl I was dating who got me to come and make mm -hmm. a decision to follow Christ. It wasn't because, I mean, I'd heard the Word of God preached right. and I had felt the call of the Holy Spirit, but it took a very cute girl to influence me enough to say, nice. okay, you know, it's time that maybe I should see if Christ is real and make a him. Make mm -hmm. a, pay attention so, a little bit. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Player. Uh, and do, and doing that, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I think that so, gets you kind of the point. And, and I think that's one reason why this is going to be one of the great studies for us to look at over time because we're going to have some time to really look at the Corinthian church and how it interacted with its culture and then how are we called as Christians to interact with our culture and yeah. what we're talking about right now is really the the starting point of it that the cross is either going to be foolishness or a stumbling block on one side or power and salvation on the other yeah. and how do we get people to go from foolishness to the power well, of salvation. Once again, the, what you're saying, again, had had a person walked up to me and said, you're going to hell because you've not accepted Christ and made a decision for water baptism, I would have turned away and walked away from it, yep. right? And again, the scripture we keep repeating over and over, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's 
absolute wisdom, no matter how great we think a man is, much wiser than Einstein, split the atom, everything like that. God's foolishness is much, much more smart and more wise than the wisest man in the world will ever, ever be. And that's, that's what it took to draw me to Christ and happen to be a, a very attractive girl. But when I made the decision, I made it with all my heart. I, I'm going to throw out a question that I threw out <clears throat> in my own Bible study because of this, of this passage, uh, foolish and wise things. Um, let's, let's, let's roll with it for a minute. You know, it is foolish. It is foolish. Um, however, why did it scare so many people in power? Why, why did, why, I mean, and throughout history, this has done this. This, you, if, if you, if I, you walked into the room and said, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe this, this, this carpenter activist 2,000 years ago who got nailed to the cross. Well, he was, he was God himself. And because of that, I've got a ticket to heaven. And you could say to that, well, that's the foolish thing I've ever heard. Why do you want, why, why do you want to kill me? Why do you want to suppress this big book? Because it's, because it's freedom. And people, that, that's my thinking, because it's freedom. Because what did it cost you to have that salvation? Nothing. It was, I think your, I, it was your, your, other than your belief, possibly your life, but the initial, how do you get the salvation is totally your belief. People, as we talked about earlier, money, power, and the toys. Because it tells you basically it tells you what you have really doesn't matter. Exactly. I am not even giving. You can. I am. I don't consider those important. Not. 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 I may recognize your leadership. I may recognize your legitimacy to an earthly. I don't think what matters to you. That's. That's the most interesting thing. When. When. You could tell me, oh, look at me. I am wealthy. I am rich. I've got car. I've got toys. I've got power. Saying, well, that's great, but it doesn't matter much to me one way or another. That, like, you know, you're not dissing the person, but you're saying, you're, 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 are you forcing that person to say, think to themselves, what well, I got well, yeah, might not be king, all significant. The, but here, the thing about it is, is if the king is the absolute ruler and actually even controls the religion, all of a sudden these people accept Christ. He's no longer number one. He can get no higher than number two with his own people. Okay. Because he has a number one. Because they have, they a, have number a number one number, and yeah. it's not him. But let's, let's, what about even today where you have you know, you don't have kings. You don't. You have pretty. You still have. You still have people who worry about who, who just not not just who are you know don't like it or don't believe it, but want to suppress it or at least want to keep it contained. Well, remember, I'd say in the in the what, U.S. What, it wants as a what did Karl to keep Marx it contained. Call it, call it. Opiate of the people, opiate right? Of, opiate of, of the masses. Of the masses. <laughs> opiate of the masses. No question and, about it. And, and so. It, it takes away their ability to control. I think mm -hmm. is part Absolutely. of the deal. Well, you have to admit you're not in control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I and I think that Michael Card 
had an album called Scandalon, or a song called Scandalon. It was on his Known by the Scars. He did a three-album three, three album trilogy back in the mid-'80s um, regarding the life of Christ. Okay. And one of the songs was called Scandalon because Jesus, from day one, was scandal. You know, he's born to the, to the, to the unmarried teenager. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? Uh, yeah, well, who swore, that's an excellent. Who, who swore up and down? No, I ain't never been right. with a man. Comparison. Mm-hmm. To, comparison. He goes to a carpenter, and then he runs around up in Galilee. He does his own thing. He comes down into Jerusalem. What's the first thing he does? Walks into the temple of the courtyards, smashes mm-hmm. everything, and says, "You guys are nuts. This isn't the right thing." <laughs> right. He heals on the Sabbath. He insults the Jewish leaders. <laughs> you know, he he goes. I missed it, but he goes and meets with one of them, gets brave enough to go talk to him at night. <laughs> you know, when he tells him this crazy story about where you've got to be reborn. Oh, what? <laughs> you know, and then he ends up dying on a cross. His disciples all scatter. He turns the their whole Passover on its head. And then he comes back to life and his disciples start preaching and growing and multiplying and initially, they pretty much just attacked the Jewish synagogues. But eventually, part of it is, too, like you said, remember the king's number one. Well, the state derived taxes from the temples, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and yeah. if you're the temple of Aphrodite and all of a sudden all the Christians aren't coming to visit the temple of Aphrodite anymore because they're not allowed to, that's a problem for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. Okay. Um I was only here for just about half of this, and this has been awesome. I'd like to hear all you guys' summaries, but, I, you know, there's something that came up. You know, next week is Thanksgiving, and we haven't yet decided whether we're going to do the podcast. If we do it, uh, we will still want to do it on our normal Wednesday night, but we'll have to do it uh, on location. But uh, so if you have a, a feeling... If you like what we did a couple of weeks ago where we did two uh, lessons in one, I thought that went pretty quick, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's after it's when the man's summary, it. man. It's the, the man's man summary, summary that's right. And, but also, also whatever you think, if you post it on our Facebook page at man-up, and uh, that will sway us one way or another. So... Uh, only vote if you're a registered voter. No. Uh, no. Actually, I don't care. Uh, hanging chats. No uh, hanging chats. That's right. No hanging chats. Uh, now, that makes us feel old. Um, and so with that, uh, I'd like to go around the room for... Uh, Before we do that, summary. let's see if you okay. remember. Right. Clint, last name. Do you remember? What? The Are new worship and arts pastor. His last name. Kimmel. Clint Thank you, Clint Bill. So, so now I will totally correct this. So want to give a man up shout out and welcome to Clint Kimmel. He is outstanding. Pastor of Worship and I, Arts. And <laughs> you need to check out our, uh, we, we stream from Sugarland Baptist Church. We stream the whole service, but we also have it on, there is a website, Sugarland Baptist Church. This guy, his first tape on stage with us. Obviously, he's got stage presence. He he had conducted an orchestra before. That was not his first time. That was he was. 
Uh, my wife was standing. incredibly impressed. There, yes. there was my wife is not of incredibly impressed yes. by a lot. Yes. You, can, you can see this service on YouTube uh, and, uh, and through our website. But yeah, there was a heck of a lot of energy. Yeah. In so, thank you. So, I just, and I just quality. Totally and, and that's the thing about this whole thing. Not only the Man Up podcast, but also go and, and, and find what moves you and what helps you on that journey of faith. And for me, sometimes it is the traditional music with the orchestra. It gives me a religious moment, and that's kind of what I'm looking See, for. See, I, I like seeing. I'll, I'll I'll chime in quickly before we summarize. I like both. I, I, I do my too. my personal one, preference you know. of worship style, since we've kind of talked about it, is actually what our church does, where we have traditional hymns, yeah. but we also throw in the modern music. And some contemporary and some yeah. jazz. I yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I like too. the I like the deep theology of the old hymns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the good part is we do it well. Yes, we do. Even when we go, we do it well. Those are those are paid members of the Houston Symphony yes. that are on stage. Yeah, yeah. And I introduced and when I was emceeing, I uh, introduced some of those other players at different events. Yeah. Isn't that great? So anyway, back to you. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll start the wrap-up with the three words that the author refers to that I think are going to be important as we think through. Righteousness, sancti- sanctification, and redemption. You know, righteousness is Christ's work on the cross enabling us to have the relationship to God. Sanctification is that through Christ, God sets us apart to make us holy and allow us into his holy presence. And redemption is Christ's death on the cross that purchased our freedom from slavery to sin. And I think those are the three terms as we move forward through these lessons for counsel and correction to kind of everybody kind of keep in mind that it's all about righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That that's really what the point to counsel and correction is going to be. Is that it's those three things we're aiming towards. Excellent. Judge. Couple words. Uh, again, this is lesson one of the new uh, lesson guide that we are studying, and uh, the author makes a quick point uh, on the first page of this this lesson. He says, "Paul explained in the Corinthians, which we read today, and got started in, how the gospel message seems foolish to most people, and how those who respond to it call respond to its call look foolish to the world." The gospel confounds human wisdom. Now, folks, I, I can tell you, according to this and according to many people in the world, which we've shared, I am foolish. I've chosen to follow Christ. But I'll tell you what, he changed my life. The direction I was heading, I, I was played in a rock group. I was a rock disc jockey, wanted to be a rock disc jockey. I had, uh, there was no telling whether I'd be alive today had Christ not come into my life. And boy, he changed my direction 180 degrees. So I can tell you from personal experience, I may appear foolish to you, but I'll tell you what, I'm on the right track and I'm happy and I'm glad to know Jesus is my Lord. Excellent. Well, that's the essence, that's the essence of it. Um, Christian apologetics is only gonna get you so far. 
and you know, it'd be fun to talk about. And but, but you're you're not describe going, apologetics though, real yeah. quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Basically, define basically, it, basically it. Ar ar arguing um, for it. for it, um, arguing right. for it, citing the reasons right. Christian you believe Christianity right. is the faith, why you believe it's the most important right. religion, okay. and so and 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 and, and sometimes we spend in, in general, people in general, Christians in general, spend much too much time on it. Um, I can't add much. Might add it up. It's about experience. It's about uh, what embracing the cross does for you. Not, not trying to convince yes. people of it. You you actually grasp the truth when you really come to it. And and as Paul writes, it is a stumbling block to a lot of people. I mean, getting past that. Uh, it is uh, it, it is foolishness, uh, and and that um, part of the the sinful nature of man, part of the pride. I I if I can't make sense of it, well, darn it, right. nobody can. It's That's obviously right. nonsense. It's no good. Um, right. And and Paul is asking asking his church at, at 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 Corinth to never mind that. Just take the the leap of faith yeah. and make Christ. The center of your of of your life of your and 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 that's where you you put your faith not not in Paul the man and not in the followers um, not certainly not in the in the local culture uh, and and he says that's what it's all about don't don't try to argue don't don't try to win an argument of it well this has been an awesome half a podcast for me you know <laughs> and it's, uh, it's podcast 79 I really totally appreciate these guys uh, for stepping up and stepping in of course we had the uh, the gambler policy writer Mr. Steve Titch back from being an adjunct professor <laughs> professor real professor Koshu uh, world class trainer great to see you here and uh, the judge of course Michael Cropper no longer in a rock band uh, women are happy and uh, just want to make sure that uh, you go to our Facebook page man dash up and uh, we haven't necessarily decided yet we might go on location those are kind of fun uh, and then we'll just do our normal podcast. Uh, if you have a, a vote one way or another or a question, you can go ahead and uh, put it. I want to summarize my, uh, my basic experience uh, with the whole Christianity thing. Uh, yeah, I've had some people, matter of fact, they still called me a church boy. I just like going. And it just very simply just made my life better. Maybe I'm foolish because I didn't question it. I just I just believe and it. it just is and uh, and I'm, I'm not here to judge it. I'm just I'm pretty okay with it. It's kind of worked out for me. So. You don't plan to head the other direction anytime soon. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not really. I mean, you know, I mean, I might veer out of out of the off the course. You know, I, I totally get that. But uh, you know. Um, and I hope you enjoy your journey as well. Uh, and with that, uh, thank you so much. I invite each and every one of you, if you're ever in Sugarland, Texas, come by the Sugarland Baptist Church. Find us. We're man up. Love to have you. <clears throat> and if not, go join a local Bible-based church. Why local? Because you'll go. <laughs> participate. Get in an adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class. Find a men-only one. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.